Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. You know, it's been a while since we did a market spotlight, and I'm going to start doing more of them going forward. But today, we're going to take some time and focus on St. Louis, Missouri. Now, St. Louis is most famous for the Gateway Arch that they built back in the 1960s. And, you know, sometimes St. Louis is looked down on as a rust belt city and part of the flyover country, but it doesn't generate much attention except for when it hits the media and the news for its crime rate or its other problems. But St. Louis real estate holds significant potential. The St. Louis market, or at least the housing market, isn't limited to the roughly 300,000 people who live in St. Louis. That would make it the second largest city in the state of Missouri. But the St. Louis housing market includes almost 3 million people, and that makes St. Louis the 20th largest metro area in the United States. So let's take a look at the top reasons to come back to the St. Louis real estate market as an investor here in 2019. So we'll be right back here in 30 seconds. My friend MC Lobsher, the host of Cashflow Ninja podcast and president of Producers Wealth, is on a mission to help you achieve financial independence as soon as possible. He achieves this by integrating the infinite banking concept and real estate investing to increase your financial efficiency and recapture cash flow that you're not even aware you're losing. MC shares the number one strategy investors use in his holistic wealth creation course at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Well, it's my pleasure to welcome one of our providers on the show. His name is John, and he's out of our St. Louis, Missouri market. And every once in a while, we do a market spotlight here to feature a market and talk about that market and the economy and why we should invest in that particular market and the types of properties and investment opportunities we have there, as well as the management side of things and just kind of get into a little bit of the nuts and bolts. We haven't done a market spotlight in a while, so we are certainly overdue, but we are working with a great team out in St. Louis. They provide some really good quality product. They love working with us and our clients, so I figured, you know what, it's about time we do a spotlight on St. Louis. So with that, I'm going to bring John on the show. John, welcome to the show. Good to see you, Marco. Looking forward to visiting with you. Thank you. It's great having you on. Your firm has sold hundreds of homes to investors. And you're very well-respected, have a great reputation. We like working with you. Your focus is on single-family homes. Tell us a little bit about you and how you got involved in this whole industry of investment real estate and why St. Louis. And then we'll kind of dig into the whole market. I actually started out corporate marketing at IBM in high-tech things and nothing to do with real estate. And my career flowed through executive management of IBM, then in Verizon, and then my own high-tech firm. In about 2011, I started noticing single-family rental property as an asset class, you know, a new asset class on Wall Street. And I'm going, what? That's an asset class on Wall Street? And then one of my associates raised $2 billion from private equity out there in California and started a company and went out there and bought thousands of houses. So I went, what is going on? I love this. 
And so I started educating myself and started building a business plan and said, I want in on single family rentals. And so that's where I kind of evolved. Then when I realized I was really going to do this and got a number of investors to come in and fund the project, then I had to find some expertise. I didn't have that expertise and discussed with uh, one of my partners, Nate Heaps, who is an expert, thousands of properties. You know, I'm just so impressed with his background and he's a partner. And then I wanted a financial partner and we found a financial partner to come in. So for this property providing we do in St. Louis, we've got some amazing talent that overlays what we do in providing properties for Narada. And Finding You was another fabulous alliance. What a fabulous company you have. And I truly think you're one of the leading experts in this SFR sector in our country. So we're really pleased to provide you properties. You're too kind, John. So people know I didn't pay John to say that. (laughs) (laughs) That was very nice. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. You make a good point. It's really about the team that you work with and you surround yourself with. It makes all the difference. If you have bad apples, you're going to have a bad reputation, a bad company, and you won't last very long. But if you have the right people that you're working with and you're associated with the right people, good things happen. You can help people and and you grow and blossom. So I appreciate you saying that, John. So I always like starting off with very fundamental, basic questions, but this is almost overly simplistic. I would imagine that most people know where St. Louis, Missouri is, but for the few that maybe don't have triangulation on its location, where are you relative to, let's say, Kansas City and Chicago, just so people can visualize where you're located? Yeah, so basically we're talking the state of Missouri. Kansas City's on one side of the state. We're clear on the other side of the state, and it's kind of known as the gateway to the West. Everybody's heard that phrase, you see the big arch and that. And it has four professional sport teams. So a lot of people know St. Louis from their sport teams. And that tends to be a common thread. But as far as how big is it, it's it's big. It's 2.8 million people. And that puts it in the top 15 metros in the country. So St. Louis probably isn't a frequently visited destination as much as some of the other more touristy kind of places. But it's a great place for those that want to own a single-family rental property. So here's kind of that million-dollar question and really forms the core of this episode because we're doing a market spotlight. Me or anyone listening to this who's a real estate investor or needs to ask the question, why should I invest in St. Louis, Missouri or the metro area there? Why St. Louis? So if I'm an investor in single family rental, I want to find a place in this country that gives me the best financial returns in a reliable way. And in this area where we are in St. Louis, they are the number one. Now, the number one in the country, lowest cost of living. That is a great index and it attracts a lot of people. We're also in St. Louis, we're absolutely the number one most affordable housing. So you don't have to spend a lot of money in St. Louis to have a really quality house. My daughter moved to uh, Santa Clara, California with a job that her husband had with Google. 
And she called me and said, Dad, I was able to get a two-bedroom apartment for only 2800 a month. And I went, did you just say only for 2800 Like, that's crazy. So if I had to say where's the least profitable place to live, I would say San Jose Basin. Where's the most affordable place to live? It's St. Louis area. And then you get amazing rents. So let's say for a $120,000 nice house in St. Louis, you get a $1,200 rent. You hit that magical 1% right. to what you paid ratio. And I don't know what you're seeing, Marco. It's hard to hit that nowadays in the country, that 1%. Yeah, it's becoming harder and harder to hit that 1%, what we call a rent-to-price or rent-to-value ratio. In short, we just refer to it as an RV ratio. Yeah, we've been kind of forced and pushed into tertiary markets, kind of these smaller markets or these markets that are far suburbs of larger metropolitan areas just to try and be close to that 1% rent to value ratio. So there's reasons for that. Inventory has been drying up. A lot of markets have been seller's markets, so prices are appreciating. So there are becoming fewer and fewer affordable markets the, the nice thing about St. Louis is it still is a very affordable market. And even the upscale market in St. Louis, I find to be quite affordable. You know, the more premium zip codes, what would be referred to as quote unquote expensive in terms of median price, relatively speaking, they're certainly more affordable. And there's also a lot of bargains like St. Louis, as far as I know, and you correct me if I'm wrong, you can talk about this, but there's still a lot of inexpensive and bargain properties. I'm not talking about distressed inventory or necessarily war zone areas, but Atlanta and Dallas and a lot of these other markets have such a shortage in inventory these days, making it hard for us to service our investor clients with that type of inventory that we used to be able to provide them four years ago. Today, it's just a challenge. And so St. Louis has that inventory and that's good for you. That's good for us. That's good for our clients. It's definitely harder today to find the suitable property that's going to make money for the investor than it was three years ago. So we're probably working, I don't know, 25% harder for the same number of acquisitions of properties, but it's ample inventory. We always find properties that we need and want in the St. Louis market. There's some uh, big renovation work going on downtown St. Louis, the whole corridor that used to be kind of a really low income, really dangerous place is completely being revitalized. We stay out of there. It's still too dangerous and we don't want to have our investors coming into that corridor. But 10 years from now, that's going to be highly sought after. We just don't want to risk even the renovation work. You're risking life and limb. So we're out in the suburbs where it's fairly nice and tame. As I understand, St. Louis has had a fair amount of appreciation over the last three years, much like many other markets. Is is that still a trend going on right now? What's happening there? So in the last five years, we've had a 27% appreciation curve. So I don't see that slowing down. It is slowing down, as you know, in other parts of the country. We're starting to see New York City is starting to see a, it's already hit a little peak and it's coming down and some of California's peaked and coming down. We're not coming down. We're still climbing. It's not climbing at the rate it was a year ago, but it's still climbing. So I think you're going to see appreciation be pretty reliable out of the St. Louis market. 
So what's the economy like there? Every market has its own local economy. Describe the St. Louis economy. So St. Louis is a area that has a pretty strong GDP for a $2.5 million metro, but it has a $150 billion GDP. Very strong economy. Now, the unemployment rate is below the national average. And when you think about it, this country is doing great in the job market category. So when you say below the national average, that's quite a good hit. They're doing well. The jobs are very, very strong in that market. Big companies coming in, government, healthcare, a number of, well, let's see, in the Fortune 500, they've got 10 of them that are right there based. And so we're seeing a great market. So for our business and the, you know, single family rental, we want to be in a good job market. Number one enemy to us is a poor job market. So it appears to be very strong. It appears to be doing very, very well. And I would say it's one of the top benefits of St. Louis, a stable economy. And I don't see that eroding. There's no indicators that would say it's eroding. So I think we're going to be stable in the foreseeable future that we can see. Do you happen to know off the top of your head the uh, largest industries that are creating jobs or have jobs there? Is it healthcare? Is yeah. it finance? Boeing came in, aerospace and aviation and they have a major presence there. Okay. Monsanto is very strong and big. Healthcare is really powerful. They're doing really well in that St. Louis basin. For some reason, the federal government has set up things there. There's big operations there. A lot of the services we get in the country come out of that, that basin. So, and most people are going to be surprised. High tech is coming on strong in St. Louis. It's a quiet, hmm. It's not being, there's not drums being pounded about this, but there's this high-tech sector coming. And we've seen venture capitalists come in. Last year, just over $2 billion was invested. This was unheard of 10 years ago in the same yeah. market. So that's kind of the players that are in that basin. As far as you mentioned the word stability before, I know that, at least historically speaking, St. Louis has had a pretty stable Real estate market price, if that makes sense. In other words, you market there has price stability. It's not what I would refer to as a cyclical market. Even though it's more of a seller's market and a hot market today, there's a fair amount of price stability. Are you finding that to be true today or is that changing? Yeah, it's interesting you'd bring that up. It is an absolute stable. It's not a roller coaster ride. We've seen uh, markets that have had just meteor climbing, you know, appreciation <laughs> and then just the opposite about 10 years later. If you look at the long-term history of St. Louis, especially in class B properties, we, we operate and provide you class B properties. They are pretty insulated from that volatile. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and find out you've lost 50% of your value of your property. So if there's a negative, I would say the appreciation isn't going to soar like some other markets. You may not go into the stratosphere on appreciation, but you're also not going to dive down, you know, dangerously right. after that. So it is, if you graft it, it's pretty stable on the downside. And then, like I mentioned to you, a 27% climb over five years on the upside. So you're not going to see it come down 27% over the next five years kind of a thing. 
So it's my understanding that St. Louis has a big renters market. I was reading that somewhere around the downtown core, at least, you know, 60% of the residents rent. I don't know what that looks like in the suburbs. I guess it's above average or above the typical norm for the number of renters. Is is that true? I mean, do you guys have a renter's market there? Yeah, the suburbs, let's talk specifically where an investor would buy property, is 32% renters. And it's actually a nice ratio because we're up above the I-270 corridor. Some people do know St. Louis. They know what we're saying. You can look at a map. Above the I-270 corridor are beautiful Class B neighborhoods. And by beautiful, I mean beautiful. They're beautiful yards. They have beautiful curb appeals, big wooded trees. Almost every lot has trees. And these neighborhoods are, you know, they're running about a 70% owner-occupant and 30% rent on the same street. And so you have a nice mix. And having that is a nice exit strategy. If, if you're an investor and you get in a situation where you need to sell that home, you don't have to sell it as a turnkey with a tenant in it. You can sell it on the MLS and owner occupants will flock to that house because of those neighborhoods. So I'm really, I kind of like that mix. You're right. Downtown is much higher on the renter and very few owner occupants around the corridor of downtown St. Louis. And another thing I like about Missouri as a whole, but certainly St. Louis, is it's, uh, relatively speaking landlord friendly. So the deck is stacked in favor of, of the landlord. And so if, should you have an issue with a tenant, there are processes and laws in place to help get that person out if you need to go that direction. So what can you tell us about the landlord friendliness of St. Louis? Well, St. Louis is significantly more friendly than, let's say, Chicago. If you need to evict somebody in Chicago, it's going to take a while. And you're going to lose a lot of money as an investor, meaning the time frame of vacancies or you're not getting paid rent, I should say. St. Louis, if you got a bad Apple tenant or something happened to that tenant where they can't pay rent anymore, it's, it's probably right in that 30 to 60 day window through the legal process. Sometimes we like to just uh, pay cash for keys and just say, look, why don't we just work together here? We don't need to have you evicted. You don't need to have it on your record. We'll pay you to just hand us the keys, leave the property in good shape. Yeah, that's a pretty popular technique and one that I've used multiple times and, and works very well. So <laughs> when you put financial incentive on it, often people are more willing to be cooperative. So I find that works really well. Yeah, especially if it's a tenant that's had bad luck, something's happened in their life, you know, the divorce or a health thing or something outside of their total control. You just want your property back so you can collect rent again. You're not trying to harm this person. So the cash for rent works and it makes financial sense. So in regards to students, are, are most of the students around the downtown area, downtown core, which are areas that we don't focus on from a turnkey rental perspective? Yeah. I mean, it's an area, there's a lot of that age group actually coming into St. Louis. And we're seeing a migration in, which surprised me. And then if we move up into the whole millennial corridor, mm -hmm. there's a lot of millennials coming. And it's both for education, it's also for jobs, and it's also for affordable housing. If you're looking 
as a young person to get an apartment or a, your first house, this is the place you want to come because of the pricing. So as far as the inventory that we are making available together, those aren't targeted towards students. I'm not suggesting that they should or shouldn't be. I'm just curious right. in relation to where you have a lot of these colleges and universities. There's a number of them. If I'm not mistaken, I think there's six of them in St. Louis. That's not our demographic. That's not our target market. Right. We're fairly removed from that pocket. We're really out in a true suburb. Okay. Period. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Let's talk about the properties. Describe for me and us the type of inventory. Are they single families? What's a typical size, bedroom, bath? Kind of paint the picture of what a typical turnkey rental property would be in the St. Louis market right now. So we are pretty uh, tight on our profile searching what we do. It's a, it's always a three-bedroom. We like to have two bathrooms. We like to have a two-car garage. We like to have a garage, I mean a basement. We like to have a quarter acre. We like the curb appeal to be attractive. Usually 1,100, 1,200 square feet. That's an average. We go as high as 2,000 square feet and as low as 1,000 square feet. But, you know, it's around 1,200 square feet. And we come in and we do a pretty thorough renovation, Marco, as you know. We know that the only way this investor will keep coming back is if that was a positive experience and no surprises. Uh, we pretty much, you could almost accuse us of over-improving. And some investors don't like that. Like, hey, don't over-improve because you're charging me for that over-improving. And so you know, just keep the improvements and the renovations reasonable. Don't go over-improving it because we go in and all the infrastructure, we change it out. You know, hot water heaters and furnaces and the electrical panels and the kitchen cabinets and the kitchen countertops and the flooring and the plumbing and the all of the bathrooms. We swap out most of the stuff. And we've taken a lot of the risk away as, as, as we see it. And it's because it's such an affordable place to live, we can do this. We couldn't do this in some of the higher-end markets in this country, but you would price yourself right out of the rents, and you would be so out of skew, it just wouldn't make sense. But we can pull a decent rent and have a fully renovated house. So when you walk into it, especially as a renter, you imagine, Mark, you walk into a place, you open the door, and it's like new construction in there. You know, the flooring's new, the paint's new, the kitchen looks new, and you go, you're kidding, I can rent this house? Yes. (laughs) But we can really be picky on who we place in these properties. We can really wait until we have a really solid person that's going to take care of this place. And then it doesn't tend to have the repair problems that... Yeah, the thing about what you're saying is you not only will be able to lease that property quicker than other rentals in the area, but often you can get a small premium above what it normally would rent for, what the average rent is in the area. It might be 50 bucks a month, might be a hundred, maybe more, but you can right. typically get a small premium because everything is new or certainly like new. And it'll be the first, everything else being equal, it'll be the first one to go. So it'll always stay leased. We've had a lot of compliments on the quality of the workmanship and you're right. You do get a premium. 
And our property managers are, they don't have any problem leasing up our properties. Matter of fact, there's always a collision of people wanting that property because when you think uh, 1200, 1300 a month, there's people living in pretty rundown apartments for 12, 1300 a month. Right. Here's a fully renovated home that for the same dollar. So it's, it's high appeal. So let me ask you about price range, rent range. Give us an idea of what the price range of this inventory is and its related rent range. So once again, we're pretty tightly grouped. On the far extreme, on the low end would be a $100,000 house. On the high end for us would be one sixty. The rents on the low the $100,000 home would be somewhere between 900 and 1050 on the high end home the 160,000 our home is 1400 up into the 1550 kind of a range but if you were to pick the sweet spot it's a $120,000 house with a $1200 rent that's the most common thing that's offered from us and it works it's a good ratio. Those are great numbers. So for those people listening to this, those from the low end to the high end of that range, those are great numbers becoming harder and harder to find in many, many markets around the country, but pretty much consistent. You're pretty close to that 0.9%, 1% rent to value ratio. That's very affordable in terms of numbers. A $100,000 home is a $20,000 down payment with conventional financing. Certainly attractive. I know that property taxes are relatively low in the state, so you don't have any large expense. You know, your debt service is really your main, it's not really technically an expense, but really it's your only big expense. So those are the types of numbers that are very exciting. And and that's why St. Louis is just a great location to consider if you're looking at different markets to invest in. Well, we do have in that area up there above I-270, the communities require a occupancy permit. So there's only a few places in the country that do this, Ohio and a few others. So it means that we have an inspector that has to come out and they have to look at everything you've done and is it suitable for occupancy? Well, in a little, in a way, it slows us down that we have to wait for an inspector to come out. But on the positive side, they catch any little thing. And if you're an investor and you don't live in St. Louis, it's kind of nice to have that feature. And every time the tenant changes out, you have to have this owner occupancy thing again. And another thing those communities do that's a little unusual is they have patrols that run around, almost like an HOA. You don't pay for the HOA, but these are retired people that have a six-block area assigned to them. And they just drive it looking for grass that's too long or weeds or a big branch fell out of a tree and slammed in the front yard or trash cans that weren't put away. And you actually get a fine. I mean, not a fine. You get a notice of violation. Well, that's really annoying. But from a owner and an investor perspective, I'm not there. So I want to know if they're not taking care of the yard. They're not taking care of. They're not being a good citizen on that street because 70% of that street's owner occupants. We don't want them hating renters. We want them just accepting renters equally. And so... You do have this annoyance, though, if you get these little things in an email that says you buy, you have a violation, your grass needs to be cut. And then you have so much time to fix it or you get hit with a cash fine. So 
There's some of the irritants of the areas above the I-270 corridor. You can look at it, whatever glasses you want to wear. And I know what the motive is. They want to keep their communities kept up. They don't want it to deteriorate. So I see it. Yeah, no, personally, I think that's a great benefit. It's almost like having a free HOA. And the whole idea of keeping that consistency in the neighborhood provides for a cohesive and clean neighborhood. So it helps protect property values, adds to pride of ownership. I mean, I think that's great. I wish that was going on in every community around the country. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that phrase, free HOA. I think that's a great one. I'm going to use that phrase. That's, that is exactly what it is. You can have it for free. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that's, that's good. So one big thing I'm going to ask you about is, is about the neighborhoods. Describe the neighborhoods because for us, we don't look at just the property. We look at the market, the neighborhood and the property. It's, it's the top down approach I talk about all the time. It's a funnel concept. And so the quality of the neighborhood and what goes on and how we describe it, the demographics, the maybe to some degree level of petty crime. Certainly we're not in areas that has violent crime. The schools, I put some weight, not a ton of weight, but some weight on that. So I'm going to throw it over to you. Describe the neighborhoods that these properties are in. So if you went to Trillia and looked at the crime index where they color code little or no crime, medium crime, and serious propensity for crime, we're always in the green. We don't do anything in other color of crime than green. The crimes, if there are crimes, they're really petty stuff. They're annoyance crimes. However, if you go below I-270 into certain neighborhoods like Normandy and Berkeley, we're talking red zone. I mean, high crime. And so when you buy real estate, Marco, as you know, you're the expert. We're not just talking about St. Louis. We're talking about a street. I want to know how's that street and how's that exact community in that street because it's that exact. You could go 20, 30 minutes south of where our properties are and it's another world. There's tons of crime and Ours, pretty quiet. Schools are okay. They could be better. I would call them acceptable. But if you're a parent that wants a, a rating on a scale of 1 to 10, you want to peg a 10, a 9, an 8. Yes, it's available on the above I-270. It's, it's going to be over more on the east side of that corridor. And we do sell properties in that corridor. That's where you're in that 160 range not the $100,000 house. So if schools are important to you, you have to pay for the school. You have to move into communities where that's the case. So if you, if I had little kids, I would definitely go over and, and buy on the east side of that community we're talking about. Right. Okay, cool. I guess, loosely speaking, would you grade these on a letter grade system, we have our own. It's kind of algorithm, if you will. But would you call these like B, B plus, maybe A minus? I mean, where would you put them on a spectrum? So the $100,000 home is, is going to be a B minus. The $120,000 home is a solid B. The 160 is a solid B plus. It's, it's price driven because just the price alone tells me because everything is so tightly grouped that you can't do that in, in a lot of other real estate markets. But in this one, 
above the I-270 corridor is an investor. But we don't drop down into Cs. We certainly don't touch Ds. I had some experience with Ds when I first got in the business. I was financial oriented. And I looked at financial returns only. And I went, wow, the class Ds. Man, you pay 40000 for the house and you get a 900, 800 rent, you know, or 700 rent. Those returns are astronomical. And so I did. For myself, I bought a bunch of Ds. And oh my gosh, what a mistake. Yeah. Cs are okay, depending on where. And Bs, to me, are rock solid. That's the place to hang. And that's where you get the best returns. That's you know, yeah. Eight homes, beautiful. It's tough to get those eight and a half and nines cap rates in that A class. Yeah, the Bs are the best bang for the buck. I guess that's what B stands for, bang for the buck. But oh, we've had – that. You, you want to borrow <laughs> that? Okay. I should trademark that one. We have so many investors that come to us, unfortunately, when it's too late, and they've already purchased that forty and $50,000 property. Unfortunately, it was through another turnkey – company. They just didn't know what they were getting into because they just didn't have the education and the knowledge and you know they weren't listening to our podcast and doing the things they should do to educate themselves. And then they come to find out that it's just nothing but a headache. They're pulling their hair out. They're having a lot of tenant issues. It's transient. There's a lot of repairs. On and on the list goes. And then some of them get to the point where they ask the question, oh, man, should I keep it or sell it? And they try and sell it. And they can't because there's no retail market for that $40,000 property. It's an all-cash purchase because there's no financing. So they're into it, all cash. Their capital's locked up. And their only hope is to try to find a buyer or find another investor who's unfortunately a little bit of a sucker enough to fall into that same trap and and repeat the cycle. And this is why we really don't want to touch anything that's around that seventy to $80,000 price point. We have the occasional property in that price range, but when it's below seventy, in most of the markets we're in, it's really not a place you want to be. You know, Marco, I'm, I'm not afraid to tell people that I was a sucker back in 2012 coming into this industry. I made mistakes. I had property managers that were ruthless and borderline criminal, and everything negative that could happen to someone that owns a rental property, I experienced it back in 2012, 2013. So now I can relate to somebody that wants to come in and buy a turnkey property. And do I really want to pay for the full service turnkey just handed to me done? Or do I want to do this myself? Boy, can I give them a testimonial? Like, <laughs> you might guess to do it yourself. If you're inexperienced, you're going to get killed. It is not an industry for the inexperienced now. People like you and I, we've been down the road, we've had the mistakes, we've corrected them, we've built reliability. Man, piggyback on us. And you're the marketing expert. We don't even focus on market. We just focus on property. We just find the right properties. We renovate them properly. We put good tenants in them. And then we work closely with you to get the word out because that's not our thing. We just want to have good inventory. Yeah. But it's painful, isn't it? When you watch people that go into this and get like sheep to the wolves, it is sad to watch. And we don't want to see that. It is. Often it's easier to buy than it is to sell. So you want to do it right on the front end. It makes the back end a lot easier if and when you ever need to 
sell that property or do a 1031 exchange. So good stuff. I think I've covered all the things I wanted to ask you about. Is there anything I missed or anything else you want to share about the neighborhoods, the inventory, the market? I think if you're an investor that wants to get a very strong return and you want it to be reliable, you ought to consider working with what we do, Marco, what you and I provide them. We even call you 90 days after you buy the property. How's everything going? This industry doesn't do that. You don't call the buyer because, oh, what if they're not happy? What if the tenant's not doing well or they don't like the property management? Well, we want to know those things. We want to make sure it's a good experience. This is a great place. I have a lot of single-family rentals in my personal portfolio as part of retirement planning and all that. It is awesome. I take it over stocks and bonds in day of the week. Right. If it's reliable and if it's working, if it's not, then it can be a nightmare. So you got to choose. Do you want a, a dream that's a nightmare or one that's just a <laughs> great life? I'm a big advocate of single family rental property as a great part of your investment portfolio. Yes, it really is for so many reasons that we always talk about on the show. So I can't agree with you more on that, John. So I guess with that, we can pretty much wrap it up. So I'm going to thank you for taking the time to come on the show here. And for everybody listening and watching, let's, I'll just say this. If you want to learn more about the St. Louis market and the inventory that we have available there, reach out to your investment counselor. If you don't have an investment counselor here, just fill out the form on our website or give us a call. We'll certainly put you in touch with one of them. They're all investors. They're all senior. They're like John said, they've been down the road. They've stepped on their own fair share of landmines. So they understand the business, the industry, the investing, the financing and all that good stuff. So we keep it methodical and we want to work with you hand in hand. So John, thanks for your time today. We're going to uh, get this out very soon and educate more people about the St. Louis market and the opportunities that you have there. I guess I'll see you in St. Louis next month. We will. All right. Thanks, John. Okay. See you, Marco. Exciting stuff about St. Louis. So check in with your investment counselor, learn a little bit more about the market, find out what the opportunities are. We do post most, not all, but most of those investment opportunities on our website at noradarealestate.com. And while you're there, download the free report, The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing. And if you have a question about real estate investing, again, click the Ask Marco button. I plan to do an Ask Marco session probably once every month going forward. And that's about it. So thanks for listening and we will see you on our next episode. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing at noradarealestate.com slash guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com slash guide. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please contact the host.